Welcome back to the Trojan Talk Podcast. Thanks as always, and I'm Ryan Young, as always, and we are happy to have you here in the show. It's going to be a quick show today, one guest, one conversation, but very apropos and timely as we discuss recruiting with rivals analyst Adam Gorney, our go-to guru for all things recruiting. I say apropos and timely on a couple fronts. A, obviously, there's no USC football season to get pumped about right now to dissect or preview or discuss. And that is a shame. That is a major bummer to all of us. Trust me, I've been on this cycle for over a decade of just uh, this time of year. You just kind of get mentally ready and locked in for daily immersion in college football. Practices, games, it's uh, it's go time this time of year. And it's just very weird not to have that going on right now. Of course, everything about this year is very weird. But what we do have is recruiting to cover. And USC is still trying to close out a very good 2021 recruiting class. They're ranked number six in the rivals rankings. They've been as high as three. They've been right around that top five for many months. And I expect that they'll probably finish in that top five, which is quite a bounce back from last year. And the last two weeks at our site and at rivals were rankings week. Last week, rivals rolled out the 2022 Rivals 250, the very initial rankings for the 2022 class. And it was, it's always interesting to see kind of that that first national glance at where guys rank and and all that stuff, where the local prospect outlay ranks nationally, et cetera, et cetera. And then this past week, this week was the 2021 Rivals 250 update, the latest update and reshuffling of the 2021 rankings. And there were some big movers. Whereas in the last rankings update back in the spring, um, not a whole lot changed because the analysts were very cautious not to not to do anything drastic without fresh tape. And there wasn't obviously much going on. We had only gotten a few camps into our rivals' camp series. Most of the country hadn't done camps, and it was hard to do some rankings. Well, we're still in kind of that same boat. Obviously, things are reopening a little bit football-wise elsewhere. There are practices, there are games going on in Texas and Utah, and the Southeast is getting ready for its season. So we've had a little more to go off of, a few more camps, the Elite 11 earlier this summer. So the analysts got together and were able to make some notable changes in the 2021 rankings, and two USC commits in particular saw a major boost, and I wanted to talk about all that with Adam Gorney. Before we get to that interview, though, I just want to touch upon the kind of state of things right now. Like I said, it's it's obviously a bummer for all of us that there's no USC football season this fall. It's going to be very weird tuning in on Saturdays and watching the SEC and Big 12 and ACC play and and not having any games to prepare for. It's going to be one long, massive bye week. And I know that there's a lot of strong opinions about that both ways. Say probably mostly against uh, the cancellation of the season. I wish that there weren't even a situation to debate and discuss, and we were just in a normal fall. We're not. That said, what I want to get to my point here is that life goes on, and it goes on for us at TrojanSports.com, and we're actually you know we had to readjust our plan for the fall, and 
we're actually pretty excited about what we came up with. It's going to be heavy, 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 heavy recruiting coverage. We brought on Alex Simpson to our team last month, and he's already been a great addition, uh, diving right in and getting to know the 2021 and 2022 targets and bringing us a lot of recruiting stories. He and I are going to keep tag-teaming our USC recruiting coverage, and with nothing happening here that I have to be at, I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to get out to Utah to see top offensive tackle Kingsley Suamatea in Orem, Utah. I'm going to get out to Texas for a while to bounce around all over the state and track down USC's top targets and commits out there and give you fresh stories on all those guys. I'm going to we'll get to Arizona where there's a couple key prospects in the 2022 class. We'll probably, I would imagine, get out to Georgia to see Jake Garcia at Valdosta High School the USC four-star quarterback commit. The point being, we're going to be very, very, very thorough and voluminous in our recruiting coverage over the coming months. So there is plenty, plenty to become on the Trojansports.com for even though we don't have a traditional fall. That said, building on that, we also want to make it as easy as possible for you to get in and enjoy our coverage. So we still have a free trial going. It goes through the end of August, uh, but the free trial itself lasts until October 1st. It might get extended. I don't know. That's above my pay grade. But as of right now, if you sign up before the end of August, you get a totally free trial through October 1st. No commitment, no fine print, no hidden language, no catch. It's a true free trial. You get full premium access until October 1st. If you cancel before then, you're not charged a dime. You don't have to pay a dime. If you like what you see, which is kind of the intent and the point of it, we hope you'll stay on beyond October 1st and become part of our community, which is a great community. We have a lot of great debates and discussions on the Trojan Talk message board. I really enjoy the the depth of conversations we're able to have on there, and we'd love to add you to the mix. So if you want to take advantage of that free trial, it is promo code USC free 2020 USC free 2020. And if you go to Trojansports.com at the top of the homepage, there's a big banner. You can just click on that and it'll take you right to the link and use that promo code and you're good to go. Okay. Without further ado, let's talk some recruiting. All right. We are joined by rivals recruiting analyst, Adam Gorney who we always bring in to give us the best insight on what's going on nationally, locally, regionally, everywhere. Adam, how are you doing? How are you doing, Ryan? I'm good. It's been a busy week the last two weeks for the Rivals crew. It's been Rivals Rankings Week. Last week was the 2022 guys. This week, the 2021. We saw more movement and shuffling than we saw in the last update, even though we still haven't had a ton of action going on nationally. What was the process with this update? The challenge, obviously. Yeah, I think it was kind of twofold. One, uh, there have been events going on around the country, so we've been able to see a lot more people. Um, the Elite 11 was important. There have been some linemen events, some seven-on-sevens, uh, some camps, and then uh, we've been able to get back on the road a little bit. Um, so people have been at schools. There's been some fall practices, especially in the South. Um, there have been some events out here that we've seen. And then what we also did was, you know, there were – some, you know, rankings regrets that we had along the way and 
Xavier Worthy is one of mine, so we moved him up a lot. And so we kind of just went back and reviewed the film one more time, plus all of those events that we've covered. And we felt that we had enough to move um, people around and, and, and things that we wanted to do in the first place that we weren't going to be able to get done. We don't know what the future holds in terms of rankings um, with some people playing in the fall and then others playing in the spring, which might be after signing day where we already have the 2021 class wrapped up. So um, we wanted to get kind of a big move, big bunch of movement going on here um, before the fall, get things in place and then try to figure it out as we go along. But it was especially tough uh, since it was definitely not a, a normal kind of, of schedule. Yeah, well, you just you had my next question there. Is there any possibility that there would be a rankings update after a potential spring season uh, with many states deferring to the spring? Yeah, we're going to we're going to try to figure that out and see what the timeline looks like. Um, I think a lot of it is going to depend on when signing day is. I think the feeling is that the December signing day is actually going to stay in place. Um a lot of kids have been committed for so long and just kind of want to sign and get it over with. It'll depend on, I think, when that second signing day is, whether it's in February. If if people are still playing, um, you know, in February, March, April, I was talking to Jason Negro at Bosco the other day, and they're thinking that the California State Championships won't be until the middle of April. So I don't know if we're going to do um, kind of a late re-ranking after senior seasons. I think it would be important to do it. Um, so I think that is all pretty much up in the air, just like a lot of the scheduling and planning and, and everything else that's going to go into it. I think we'd be flexible and consider doing it, but we're not locking in specific dates for rankings now. Yeah. Well, going back to the 2021 changes that we saw this week, two USC guys got a big bump. We've talked before about Mason Murphy, uh, the, the now four-star offensive line commit for USC. He gets that four-star bump, is now at number 211 in the rankings. What was it that kind of pushed uh, him over the edge for you to go from three-star to four-star? Yeah, that's the thing. I liked them a lot during the junior year when we saw him. Um, they were playing in a tournament at Bosco, um, and he was impressive against a team from Georgia. And then I saw him at Under Armour camp this past uh, offseason, he was impressive there. He's been to Rivals Camp. He's been impressive there. And it was just a thing that I was just a little hesitant and wanted to see him during the senior season to pull the trigger on four-star. He went out to Utah, the event you were at, and he also did uh, very well there. Great build. He's getting better. Um, he's a big kid, um, you know, kind of long, lean, athletic guy. So I think he, uh, he definitely deserved that move up. Um, just seeing him time and time again and, and just being hesitant on pulling the trigger, I figured – now was the right time to give him that that bump in the ranking. And then uh, Prophet Brown, a guy that anyone I ask about him just has glowing things to say. He's one of the more intriguing guys in this USC class, the cornerback from Northern California. He jumps 88 spots, number 109. What was it that kind of vaulted him that high? Yeah, he's a kid who, uh, when you put on this film, it's just absolutely stellar. He's one of the best kind of two-way players um it was undecided if he was going to play running back in college or, or cornerback um usually you put your best athletes on defense i think he's a tremendous athlete kind of a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball a guy that's going to be very aggressive uses athleticism a lot he's not a kid that shows up at a lot of camps in seven on seven so it's hard to gauge him against really the best 
regional talent, if not national talent. But I felt that just the way he looked on tape was a kid that really bounced around the field, made a lot of plays all over the field, and deserved a, a move up in the rankings to a, to a pretty high level there. Very good. And then with the 2022 class, I just want to get your overall thoughts on what you feel like the prospect field is for California uh, in, in that class. It seemed like maybe not as strong as, as it's been uh, recently. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's so early. Um, there are some states, and, and we kind of did a breakdown of of the rivals 250 by state, and there are, I believe there are only 17 in California, which is low. It'll probably get to about 30. Um, you know, Texas led in a big way, um, but but Sam Spiegelman, who covers Texas, kind of had a jump on a lot of those guys from their sophomore years. You know, Quinn Ewers from Texas and those guys. So I think California will be fine. It might be a a slightly down year at the at the top end. It's very good. I think Damani Jackson is clearly um, emerged as the number one player in the state, if not the country. I think he's going to be in that discussion for a very long time. Um, and so I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily down. It's just one of those things that you get to learn a lot about those upcoming juniors during the off season when there is no off season and no seven on seven. They're kind of hidden for a while until everybody gets outside and starts moving around again. Yeah, well, speaking of Damani, you know, like Justin Flo and Corey Foreman before him, he just seems like one of those no-doubt guys and obviously becomes uh, the top priority for USC. That said, as you've reported in talking to him, uh, Michigan's been a dream school for him. Clemson has his eye. What's kind of your pulse on his recruitment? It's still early in the process, but but at this point with him. Yeah, I just talked to him. Uh, I just talked to him Wednesday night about this, and he's still just really taking it slowly. I mean, he has his top list out now. We'll see if that changes. Um, pretty much, the teams that are really high on his list for a long time continue to stay there. He's continues to be intrigued by Clemson just because it's such a high-profile program, and they do so well putting people in the NFL. Um, he's a kid who lived all over the country growing up, so grew up uh, born in Ohio. You know, spent some time in Hawaii, now in California. So he's more than willing to go anywhere to play. He's not just going to be locked into a Pac-12 school or regionally. Um, he grew up. He grew up a fan of Michigan. I think that's going to play a big factor. He grew up in Ohio, and he has a lot of family that likes Ohio State. I think that's going to play a factor. Um, I think USC will play a factor as well. I just think it's still just very, very early to see exactly what he wants to do. Um, he considered actually moving to the 2021 class. Uh, that was a rumor that he was going to kind of move up in a grade so he can get to college early. But it almost feels like an advantage now that he has that extra year to see how this kind of all plays out over at least the next six to 12 months um, and then figure it out from there. So I don't think anybody is uh, is rushing into the idea of, of getting to college right now if you don't have to, um, especially if the situation kind of continues the way it does right now. So he's a kid who I think is going to take his time, kind of look at all of those top schools, and then make a decision later on. Exactly. Well, let's jump back to 2021. That's uh, obviously the paramount priority right now, as USC is number six in our rivals' rankings, trying to close strong. You also talked to Corey Foreman on Wednesday, and obviously he made national buzz with his uh, impromptu trip to Georgia. First of all, let's just start with that general concept of guys taking campus visits without 
you know, that aren't recruiting visits per se. Is this now the, the new trend uh, the rest of the cycle, you think? Yeah, it kind of seems to be. I mean, they did it at Oklahoma, and they had some success there. They got a lot of guys on campus, and they did it at Georgia. Um, it's just kind of like guys are getting together and getting in a group chat and, and saying, let's meet up at Georgia this weekend. And they all meet there and kind of get a feel for it without meeting the coaches or touring the buildings or anything. And that's really, I mean, when you talk about recruiting, it's who are you going to school with? Who, who are going to be your friends on campus? I mean, you can only tour so many business schools until they all look the same and facilities yeah. across the country look very similar. And it's, it's basically the relationships you're going to have with the kids and, your recruiting class and so those things are really important it's no surprise that brock vandergriff and you know mason smith and Corey foreman kind of spearheaded that georgia visit and then uh, caleb williams and, the, and tristan lee and those guys were at oklahoma all together to just kind of get a feel for it um by themselves and it's sometimes nice to just do that i, I would think by yourself um you're not kind of ushered around building the building you kind of get a sense of what it is kind of in your own terms. And so, you know, I think Corey had a, had a tremendous visit to Georgia. It was his second time there. A lot of rumors about him wanting to kind of play at that highest level in the SEC and get that exposure and that development for the NFL. So I think there are a lot of factors going into his recruitment right now. Um, he, he even said, though, you know, you get you know those after-visit feelings. You get those everywhere you go. So I think he wants to kind of sit back and not rush a, a second decision here after being committed to Clemson. But uh, Georgia is definitely a major player now, for sure. Well, you wrote a full story off your interview. We have it on Trojansports.com, so I encourage everyone to go read that and hear Corey in his own words. But it's been an ever-evolving process for him since the Clemson decommitment. I remember kind of initially uh, a lot of us, yourself included, thought USC was was the winner in that whole ordeal and was probably the, the early favorite. Then it kind of became USC and Oregon might be in a battle out west. Now Georgia's making a major surge. How many more twists and turns do you think we get out of this Foreman recruitment, and and what's your gut feel right now? Yeah, I, th you know, I think, um, you know, there's, I think those are the three that he's seriously thinking about. I think Clemson is also kind of around in his mind. I think he's still very intrigued by those guys. I, I, I just think it's going to be hard to recommit to them and and do all of that, especially in this setting when. You might not be able to get back out there. Um, you know, I, I, LSU is kind of a long shot unless he visits. Uh, it seemed like for a while it was kind of tailing off that he and Mason Smith were going to play together and that, that that had become less of a factor in his recruitment. But after this weekend, I, I've, I've gotten the sense that they, they really do want to play together. They're close friends. They became friends at the opening last summer. They kind of hit it off. They're, they talk all the time. And so to make that decision – um, to go somewhere else, um, I, I think is going to be difficult. I thought USC, if they had a season in the fall, if they did really well, um, if Drake Jackson really shined along that defensive line, I thought that could have really, you know, bolstered USC's opportunity with with uh, Corey Foreman. Um, I'm just getting the sense now. My gut feeling is that Georgia is probably the team to beat. USC is in second place, and then kind of everyone else is sort of in the mix there. So building off that, and again, this is you know projecting and, and conjecture to a degree, but what do you think it, it takes for USC to end up uh, landing Corey Foreman, given where things stand now? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's just going to be. It, I think it's just those things. If he waits um, until, I, I think not having a fall season is going to hurt them. Yeah. Um, I think that's just going to be a factor. He's going to decide either in the early signing period, which means December, or at the All American Bowl if they even have it in January. Um, that's before you know. Presumably, USC takes the field in any real sense. Um, I think the staying home factor could could be a thing. Um, I think that you know playing with Drake Jackson is definitely a bonus, but I don't know if it's a if it's a huge thing in Corey's thinking. Um, and, and so being the next guy there, automatic playing time at Georgia, you know he comes in and, and Georgia definitely wants him, but you know they have they have a pretty loaded roster. Um, along the way to it, USC, he has he has the ability. He's six five, two fifty five. He said on Wednesday, so he has the ability to step in right away and and earn early playing time there um, in a big media market. So I think those are the things um, to sell. But um, but if his if his mind is dead set on playing with Mason Smith or playing in the SEC, um, then Georgia LSU would look like the schools to beat there yep well i want to hit on a few more 2021 guys with you i talked to sierra Wright this week and uh he played it mostly down the middle you know he's not giving away any major hints about where he's leaning but the schools he mentioned were usc obviously and then michigan nebraska and utah and i think if you're a trojans fan and you hear that list you have to feel pretty good about usc's chances if those are the other major schools involved what what is your pulse on on Sierra at this point and and uh, hearing that list? What well, what does that kind of tell you? Yeah, definitely one of the tougher recruitments to read. Um, he's complimentary of everybody and doesn't hint at much. But you know what we've kind of understood about him over the last couple of years is that he is very serious about acting. Um, he's he's going to be LeBron James's son in Space Jam Two, so that is. Um, something to consider long term he's also very serious about getting a business degree and um, I think those two things bode very very well for USC long term and short term um, acting opportunities name image likeness opportunities that are going to factor in probably through his college career and then USC is obviously going to be able to sell um, business in Los Angeles over business in Ann Arbor, uh, Salt Lake City, or Lincoln, Nebraska. So I think those are the factors that are going to play for him there. I do think Michigan is interesting um, because he is very similar in, in many ways to David Long, who also played at Loyola and ended up in Michigan, and I'm sure is kind of pushing that. I would think Nebraska and Utah are long shots. Um, even after you know Utah kind of flipped Clark Phillips from Ohio State last recruiting cycle. I still think that they're a long shot in terms of what he wants to do over the long haul. So I think USC is actually in a really good spot for them right now. Yeah, he, he mentioned that uh, Darian Green Warren that Michigan's been in his ear and, and Clark Phillips at Utah have been in his ear. Guys he knows at those places. But but I, I agree with you and, and everything I hear, there's a lot of optimism, I think, for USC that he could be the final piece to a, a pretty good defensive back class, which already has five big-time commits. A few last guys, uh, two guys that we've not heard much of anything from in a while, uh, Ethan Calvert and Byron Cardwell. 
I've talked to you about them each time I've had you on. I don't know if anything's changed since the last time, but what are your thoughts on those two guys right now? Yeah, Calvert is uh, another one tough to read. Uh, he's kind of disappeared off the map and kind of gone into his own zone of trying to figure this out. I think USC, I think that's where he wants to be. Um, I think that's where he's probably leaning. Um, but I think UCLA is interesting. And I think that would probably be kind of where he is right now. I, I think it's kind of a hometown battle. Um, I, I, maybe Washington is in there. Maybe he could pull a surprise and go somewhere else. But I think this is a USC-UCLA battle and probably only a matter of time until he commits to USC. Cardwell's another one who's kind of really taking his time and not rushing anything. I talked to him recently, and he said that even if kids commit and his spot is gone, he's not going to rush and that it wasn't the spot for him. I think Cal is kind of emerging a little bit. I think he's very still very much interested in USC. Um especially as they took Prophet Brown not at running back but at corner. Um, but I'm getting the sense definitely Pac-12 for him. We'll see if he takes any of those visits. He's talked about Florida State and some other programs, but I'm getting the sense that it's Pac-12 for him, and then Calvert is a, is literally a, a kind of a hometown battle here. Yeah, aside from Corey Foreman, uh, Calvert may be as important as anybody else still in this cruise cycle for USC, a top priority. And with Cardwell, I think they want to hold out for him, but they've also continued to recruit a couple of Texas running backs uh, just in case they have to go a different direction with the number two guy there. Um, the last guy I'm going to throw at you is a guy that I had kind of written off for USC, uh, Kingsley Swamatea, the four-star offensive lineman from Utah. I, everything I heard a month ago, uh, two months ago, was that it's 100% Oregon. It's done deal Oregon. Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. I've heard some recent buzz that there may be some renewed optimism for USC in his recruitment. I'm going to try and get out to Utah in the next week to talk to him in person. But have you heard anything new on that front, anything to change your mind that, that Oregon's the destination for him? <laughs> we'll see. I mean, <laughs> I'm still very, very confident that he ends up at Oregon, and, yeah. and here's why. And, and maybe some of that buzz is coming from Kingsley that he sort of wants – at least some sort of drama in his recruitment because things have gotten so obvious. But he is a former teammate of Noah Sewell. He trains with Panay Sewell. He's been to Oregon numerous times and loved it. He has a great relationship with that staff, and he's a top target for Oregon. I I just don't see, um, you know, if USC comes in and and gets him, that's, that's absolutely huge. But everything that I've seen, is pointing to Oregon and um, you know, we'll see how that kind of plays out and if he waits to take visits and stuff. But when you train with the guy who could go number one overall in the NFL draft and will almost certainly be the number one offensive tackle and he goes to Oregon and you're sort of trying to follow in his footsteps, I find it hard to believe that he goes anywhere else. I'm still with you. I think that's the outcome. Um, especially when went out there last month and talked to him. He said he wanted to make a decision this month. That may not happen now, but that, that was his mindset then. And I said, okay, well, what's going to be the biggest factor for you? And he said, oh, you know, just that feel I get when I'm, on, when I'm on campus. And he hasn't been to USC in forever. So, but but we'll see. I'll, I'll leave you with this the last thought. Obviously, no high school football going on this fall out here. But what is your intrigue level for Jake Garcia's Valdosta High School uh, venture? It's definitely an interesting move. Um, you know, 
this is sort of a situation where, you know, from from Southern California to Valdosta, Georgia is is definitely interesting for a few reasons. One, um, you know, he's going to play a senior season where Miller Moss is not going to. Um, so can he get into the USC playbook early? He's going to a new school and a new system there, which could help or hurt. I, I, I don't I don't know how that's going to play out. But then if they go in deep into the playoffs, we're talking until mid-December, he's going to be in Valdosta, Georgia, right after the holidays, then be, be on USC's campus. And it opens up a huge opportunity for schools in the Southeast to start recruiting him. If he takes a visit to Florida, which is down the road, or, you know, goes to wherever, Auburn or Miami has obviously been trying to stay involved with him. Um, it's just a, it's a little bit of a curious move. Um, states closer are playing. Um, so going to Valdosta, Georgia is, is an interesting move. We'll see how it plays out. Um, we'll see if Georgia gets a full season in. Everything I've heard is that, um, you know, he's, he's planning to stick with USC for now. Uh, I, I would definitely not be surprised if others try to get involved and try to swipe him away, especially in the Southeast. But, but right now it looks like, uh, both are going to be there. And I would imagine both are, you know, Miller Moss is definitely enrolling early, and I think the plan is for Jake Garcia to enroll early as yeah. well. Yeah, I, I talked to him two weeks ago. He said all the right things, obviously, and he's 100% committed, this and that. Um, I've not really bought into the Miami being a bigger threat because of this because he's already been to Miami's campus. It's not like he hasn't been there. It's not like this proximity now gives him a new opportunity. He knows what it's all about. He's been there. And Valdosta, Georgia, Miami, Florida couldn't be two more different areas. So I, I, I think that maybe people who are not uh, advanced geographically are thinking that he's right around the corner now. He's six hours away, and it's, and it's worlds apart uh, culturally. So I, I think he's there to get football experience, as he said, and, and that he, he needs. But it, but it is very interesting because there are, like you said, there are states closer that are playing football, and it's it's quite a move. I'll, I'll be really intrigued to see how he does this year, and uh, I think that's probably the most intriguing fall storyline for me. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Well, good stuff, Adam, as always. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Of course, Ryan. Talk to you, man. Okay, big thanks to Adam for his time. As always, I, I get him on, I don't know, probably once every two months because I just really enjoy the discussions we have and the insight he's able to provide us. So I hope you enjoyed that. We will come back to you. I don't have the next podcast in mind yet. We might uh, space things out a little bit more. We, we hit it pretty hard through the spring and first part of the summer when we thought we had a season right around the bend. Now that that's back a little bit, we'll evaluate and see what will be some good guests to get on and and keep uh, keep you all entertained. But thank you, as always, for listening to the Trojan Talk Podcast. I'm Ryan Young. I appreciate it. We appreciate your support, and have a great weekend.